Hello, Pastor Chris Wickland here with another prophetic word. Although what I'm going to be doing now with these prophetic words is because I don't want to give offence to people, you know, by saying, thus says the Lord, I'm deciding to take the prophetic words and I'm kind of uh, not doctoring them, but altering them slightly in the sense of making it into a presentable article. So these these prophecies are being written and shared on my Facebook page, etc. as articles rather than a thus says the Lord, because I want to give credibility to the prophetic word of God. So what I'm about to share is is uh, from a prophetic word which is quite strong but then I've had to adjust it and to make it more palatable for for the general public because I want to give integrity to the prophetic word as well so that if I do ever have to or believe God's saying thus says the Lord that 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 will give it more credibility as well. So uh, today's uh, um, article is called My People Are Asleep and the base texts are Luke 22 46 and Jesus said to them why are you sleeping? After you get up, you must pray persistently so that you would not enter a trial. And Ephesians 5.14, wake up, O sleeper, rise up from the dead and Christ will shine on you. New atheism has taken over our nation and with it, all the barriers and borders of morality have gone out of the window. When we say there is no God, we open the doors for madness. Everything is up for reinterpretation, deconstructionism, and truth becomes as subjective and paradoxical as Schrodinger's cat. The church throughout history has stood up for the concept that man is made in the image of God, the Imago Dei. Man is not random stardust caused from a hypothetical Big Bang. Rather, he is an extremely intricate created being made after the very likeness of God and thus must be treated as such. Yet now, thanks to the wonders of atheistic humanism, we now offer boil-in-the-bag funerals where our late loved ones can now be boiled and reduced to compost because it's good for the environment. Our culture has become far removed from René Descartes' philosophy of I think, therefore I am, which is based on the notion that one could not doubt their own existence. However, today we have now drifted into notions of madness. I think I am a cat, therefore I am a cat. What concerns me during these days is the church's lack of direction and voice on the crisis that is happening to our society. We are asleep at the wheel. We should be awake and speaking into the issues of the signs of the times, but instead we would rather be woke. We should be speaking truth to power, yet the church, for the most part, has become almost silent on the issues of the day. Wilberforce and others spoke into the wickedness of slavery. William and Catherine Booth took on the government regarding child labour laws. Today, we have the likes of Christian concern fighting the Goliaths of our day, whilst the church sits still and even criticises those who fight the injustices of wokery. The church in her silence has become complicit in compounding the errors and destructions that have come through the woke ideologies of today. St. Augustine called the church the city of God. It is supposed to be a place where the culture of the kingdom of God comes out into the world around. However, Some churches sit on the intersection of the sewers of man's muck and philosophies. The church, instead of influencing culture, has sadly become a septic tank filled with the influences of the world. The church is supposed to expose the deeds of darkness, not be complicit with it. Has God spoken to his church and told her to be silent on the issues of our day? Has God commanded his church to be asleep, to batten down the hatches and hope this will all just go away? In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus asked the question, Why are you asleep? Of all the times the disciples shouldn't be asleep, 
This was the most crucial point in Jesus' life. He needed his people to pray. He needed his people to be alert and aware that the hour of the authority of darkness had come upon them. Luke 22:53. We are at a crossroads in this nation. We have a crisis of faith, of spiritual and mental health, of identity, of government and possible financial upheavals down the road. We have not seen a societal existential revolution of this magnitude probably since the Reformation. The sexual revolution of the 60s looks more like a picnic in the park compared to that of today. We are driving headlong into the unknown with no brakes and no headlights. The church is not listening to the prophetic, sorry, to the prophetic clarion call. She's even refusing to see the world around in its complexities and its problems. The church, which is to be an Issachar voice, is simply refusing to note the signs of the times. The Bible tells the church to watch for the signs of the times and to watch and to pray. Matthew 16, 3 and chapter 26, 41. The church has become weak and lethargic and the world is watching us closely. It is as though the body of Christ no longer wants the hassle of speaking the truth. She's in a place of petrification. She fears the world more than she fears the word. Did not Jesus learn obedience through suffering? Hebrews 5, 8. Did he ever shrink away from the powers of the day when he walked the earth? Surely we must understand that there is a cost to pay to speak truth to power. Did we not consider being a disciple that being a disciple requires us to lay down our lives for Jesus and suffer for him, to be persecuted and marginalized for him? Did Jesus not warn us about this? John 15 verse 20. So let us reason together, Isaiah 1:18. Why are we not speaking truth? Why are we refusing to shine in days of such darkness? Surely God will require a reckoning of us. Are we to be found wanting? In days where we should be praying, we are at ease. Woe to those at ease in Zion. You push away every thought of coming disaster, yet your actions only bring the day of judgment closer. You recline at table and feast and are merry. You sing your songs and fancy yourselves as so great, you care nothing about the ruin of your nation. Amos chapter 6 verses 1 to 6 with slight excerpts there. Those words of Amos should ring sharply in our ears for the days in which we find ourselves. Do we really want to be held accountable for the sins of our nation? For surely good will, sorry, for surely God will if we do not wake up. The church needs to be standing in the gap to stay God's hand. We are busy about our daily tasks when we should be about our father's business. These words which I'm writing and speaking here are serious words, for we are not taking God's word seriously. We're not standing in the gap for this nation in our prayers and our voices. The scriptures teach us that if we do not stand in the gap for our nation, then he will pour out his judgment upon our nation and he will hold us accountable for the judgment brought. See Ezekiel 22 verse 30 and chapter 33 verses 1 to 6. Will God not present this judgment at our feet? Is this what we want? I believe a time of trial and testing is coming to this nation, but God does not want his people to be caught unawares. He wants his people to be spared this trial. Yet, the crucible of fire is often where the church goes. There in the fire, God removes the dross and imperfections. There, God brings us back to our first love. God needs his people to pray, to stay his hand. We need to stand in the gap for our nation. For the sake of ten righteous, God would not destroy that ancient city. 
How much more can the church today stay his hand from a severe chastisement? I'll end with this, 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. And this came on the 8th of the 8th, 2023.